0: Tannehill's pass and it's caught by Amendola, he's got the first down and the touchdown! What's up dolphins fans and welcome into the post-game Sunday or Saturday, August the 26th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show we've got another football game to talk about We're recording this podcast live at about 830 Pacific time out here just about Sunday morning for you guys in the East Coast. And this entire episode, will be recapping the game against the Baltimore Ravens. So if you're sick of the preseason, well, it's almost come to an end. We'll get you up to date on all the injuries, the personnel usage player breakdowns, including the five studs and duds from the game, and much much more, but first, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts leave us a rating, leave us a review give me a follow on Twitter, at Winkful NFL follow the show, at LockedOnFins the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter at Winkful NFL, and of course the number one blog in the On network, LockedOnDolphins.com we have the post-game piece up there live for you guys right now, to check that out as well, and last but not least the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts like the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And just real quick before we get started, let's go ahead and bring the Mad Dog on and get you guys updated on the big news from the game. All right! So the inactives for the game tonight were just a few players. Nothing real serious. Devontae Parker continues to nurse that middle finger injury. William Hayes has been out for a long, long time now. He was out as well. Same with Jake Brendel. Kalen Balazs still in the concussion protocol. He did not play. Bryce Petty was out. Leontay Carew was out. Mike Hull going to be out for a while. And Trey Elston also did not play. And as far as in-game injuries go, the Dolphins once again staved off really major scares. They did lose one player, a big contributor this year, or expected to be a big contributor. Jakeem Grant took a pretty wicked-looking shot to the side of the head. He was coming across the field on a crossing route. Ryan Tannehill stepped out of pressure, hit him over the middle. He got upfield and took a hit to the head and kind of spun around like a helicopter almost. John Elway esque and had to leave the game. He was out cold, not out cold, but he was out on the surface of Hard Rock Stadium and it didn't look good. He went straight for the locker room, but fortunately, the Dolphins announced that it didn't seem to be that serious post game and they are expecting him to be back and ready for that week one game. So, knocking on wood once again, the Dolphins appear to have survived this part of the season much different than what it was in 2017. Getting to the season mostly healthy without anything that you'd expect to really dampen their expectations going into the season. But that's it. A huge improvement in regards to where the team was last year. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the game breakdowns. From behind, goes down. Good play. From behind, by. And And we start the day talking about that defense led by Robert Quinn in this contest, but before we get into that real quick, let's go ahead and break down the five studs and five duds from the game just to get you guys up to date on who shined and who did not in game number three against the Baltimore Ravens, a 27 to 10 defeat. At home for the Dolphins as they fall to 0-3 on the preseason. Not that it means anything, but that's what they are. And so those five players that you have on the arrow up, number one is gonna be Minka Fitzpatrick. He was dazzling all day in this game. We'll get to more on that later. Number two, Kenyon Drake was a stud in the game as well. Just another couple of big plays from him, as we come to expect. Number three, Jordan Phillips had a fantastic game inside. TJ McDonald was number four. Bunch of tackles all over the field as well. And number five, Robert Quinn, as you heard there, got another sack. Had another sack negated because of a penalty as well so he is getting after the quarterback with great frequency and a good sign for the Dolphins arrow down players number one Jesse Davis had a rough night at right guard number two Brock Osweiler appears to be all but done in Miami as the backup quarterback number three Terrence Garvin was the main culprit on a long touchdown run number four Rashawn Scott had a couple of penalties including one on special teams at number five Devon Godshaw he has himself a penalty, the one that actually negated the Robert Quinn sack. And that's been kind of a theme for Godshot lately, getting a couple too many penalties and just resetting drives. So those are your five players up, five players down. And talking about this defense and Robert Quinn and what he was able to do, the way he bends that edge is really the top story of the day because he pairs up with Cameron Wake off that other side. And they both have such an insanely good burst and get off and the ability to dip around that edge and drop that inside shoulder against the tackle, and carve their way to the quarterback, it creates no escape lanes for the quarterback. It forces them to step right up into the pocket, where they can be engulfed by the big boys up front, And you talk about Jordan Phillips and what Akeem Spence can do and Vincent Taylor. And those guys are getting some penetration into the backfield. And this defensive line, you can see where the thought was and the way they built it in collapsing that edge and creating pressure up the middle with this group. And I think the Dolphins really have a good look there in regards to that first team defensive line. Now, is the rotation going to be as good we will see when that gets to the season. But I thought Kendall Langford earned himself a roster spot in this game. I thought Vincent Taylor, who had another blocked field goal, by the way, continues to play very well. And like I said, Jordan Phillips really, really shined in this game, getting into the backfield both against the run and the pass. And you move into the second level. Of the defense. Rayquad McMillan has taken big strides from where he was a couple of weeks ago in that Tampa Bay game, as well as the Carolina game when we had all these issues with him. He was playing fast, he was playing much more aware and instinctive than he has been in the previous games. I think he has a much bigger upside going after this game. Speaking of linebackers, Kiko Alonso had himself a nice game as well. Had, I think, seven or eight tackles in this game. And when he gets his run fits right, his keys right, he gets in there and makes the stop and makes big-time plays. It's just the coverage packages you have to worry about. And speaking of those coverage packages, I don't know if we're going to see this dime defense we've been asking for all offseason because, one, we haven't seen it yet in the preseason, and two, they seem hell-bent on playing these linebackers in extended roles in these passing situations. We even had Kiko Alonso out wide on a running back, which – I don't know how you get yourself into that situation. It just blows my mind that it happens every single time. So we'll see if they unveil it for the regular season. But the linebackers played better, I thought. At least the first team did. And we're talking about the first half of this game first. We'll get to the second half later on. You move back into the secondary. Minka Fitzpatrick. Check out the article on LockedOnDolphins.com Preseason Week 3 Review, Dolphins versus Ravens. There are three gifs in there of Mika Fitzpatrick making outstanding plays in the three different variety of ways. One, a slot cornerback taking coverage down the field on a third down and staying right in the hip pocket of former first-round pick Brashad Perriman and making that pass unachievable. A play where he sneaks in off the line of scrimmage and makes a tackle in the backfield with quad McMillan. They both spilled and scraped their edges. Looked very nice doing so and another play where Minka diagnoses a screen pass, pulls his trigger, gets in there, and makes a fantastic play. So he looks, by and large, like a fantastic first-round draft pick, a total home run, just like Robert Quinn appears to be for this defense. And one last note on the first-team defense, TJ McDonald has earned himself a spot in that nickel package defense. It's going to be Howard, McCain, Jones, McDonald, and Fitzpatrick. I don't know where they're going to play all the time, but those are your five best defensive backs. That's who's going to be on the field. Again, McDonald in this game was fantastic, playing multiple roles, just like Minka Fitzpatrick did. So the depth appears to be there on the back end, and we finally saw this defense start to play better, at least from the first team perspective despite the fact that they did get gashed on the ground by these athletic mobile quarterbacks, which is an issue going into the season, and they'll obviously face several of those guys in the season, including Week 1 against Marcus Mariota. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the offense. We'll talk about the second half of the game. Much, much more to get to here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, the post-game edition for August the 25th slash 26th, depending where you are in the world. We'll do that next. Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Winkfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. I know that was a bit of drinking through a fire hose on that first segment, talking about all these defensive players and what they did. We didn't track snap counts tonight. We didn't track personnel groupings. It seemed irrelevant to me because the entire first team played the first and second quarter and then all came out for the start of the third quarter. So the Dolphins don't exercise the idea of going and sitting down at the break and coming back out and getting revved back up. They'll save that for when the season counts for real. But talking about the first team offense, it all starts off with the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who on one drive, really solidified this preseason as a passable, I guess, audition for what we expect going into the year. And the number one thing is the fact that he played out the string, did not get hurt, did not get dinged. He got hit a couple of times, including a couple of sacks in this game. The offensive line didn't play its best game. But Ryan Tannehill has been through the games. He's been through a few hits. He is healthy. He's ready to go. On the night, 11 for 16 passing, 115 yards, and a touchdown pass, a very nice touchdown you, you heard off the top of the show to Danny Amendola. You take the entire preseason as a whole, Ryan Tannehill completed almost 75% of his passes. He was at 75 4.4%, 29 for 39, 247 yards. That's only a 6.3 yards average. I expect that to extend into the season. One touchdown, no turnovers, and a 98.9 passer rating. So he's on track. He looks good. I thought he dealt with pressure very well. There's a play right after a long pass to Kenyon Drake where he finds Drake, who, by the way, Drake looks like a freaking star at this point. He finds Drake flexed out into the slot to the near side of the field. He takes a linebacker, 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 backer up. And that's with like 57 seconds to play in the half, two timeouts in their pocket. And they go out attacking, kind of quieting down the Twitter crowd that is complaining about the offense and not being vertical enough. Well, they go after their start running back with a perfect deep ball from Tannehill. They come back on the next play and they find, I think that was the player that got either Jakeem Grant or Kenny Stills coming across the field. I forget, but the way Tannehill navigated the pocket and managed the pocket with pressure around him was very, very nice to see the feet were working quickly. Feet fire, as we call it in the industry. And he looked fantastic there. So after a very slow start, which is still an issue, the slow starts are an issue. Dolphins are going to have to find a way to get the 15 play script better this season and get out to faster starts so they can unleash that defense. But tonight the start was not good. Tannehill dropped a snap, I think two snaps actually, the wet balls. Offensive line could not anchor, could not hold up in pass protection early on. So they struggled very, very early. As far as getting the pass protection done, the run blocking was not great either, but Kenyon Drake once again made himself a fantastic play, a 30-yard run, and on that play, the run blocking was good. Jawan James had a great seal block there. Marquise Gray had a great dig-out block. But all things told, the offensive line really struggled again. And it starts with Jesse Davis, who just got whipped time in and time again. And that was a bit concerning because he hasn't played very good this preseason as a whole. Dan Kilgore, like I said about anchoring, has not shown the ability to do that so far in the preseason. And Josh Sitton played pretty well. I thought Jawan James played really well and Laramie Tunzel was just kind of there. So the offensive line, a very mixed bag, probably more bad than good, especially early on. As far as the wide receivers go, Mike Kosicki finally gets himself a catch. I know that he's a tight end, but he operates a lot like a wide receiver, and he got flexed out wide a whole bunch in this game, even lined up in the backfield with Ryan Tannehill on one particular play alongside Frank Gore, who had one series and was quickly out of the game. But Mike Gesicki goes out wide, gets a slant route on a third-and-one play against a big cushion. Tannehill made his check at the line of scrimmage, went to the slant play. They were obviously afraid of Gesicki getting deep on them and attacking upfield on like a back shoulder or a fade route, he takes the slant, takes the easy pickens, gets a first down, and looked very excited about the fact that he got himself a catch. As far as the wide receivers go, it was Albert Wilson with the first team and 11 personnel. Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, Albert Wilson. I think that's going to be your starting lineup come opening day. Devontae Parker obviously on the shelf. Jakeem Grant gets dinged, but I think Grant will come onto the field for specialty packages, a rotational type of guy. All four of those guys are going to play a lot. I expect there to be a healthy rotation, healthy ball distribution. That was the case for the game tonight as Kenny Stills had three catches, Danny Amendola had two, and Albert Wilson had two himself as well, with Jeep Keem Grant having one. So all those guys got in on the action. Mike Kosicki gets in on the action, and it's good to see the ball get spread out. It makes it tough for the defense to key on one guy. It makes the hurry-up offense much more rapid, much more prevalent, and much more successful if you can do that. So the Dolphins appear to be on the right track in terms of clicking with the offense. The touchdown drive was a 75-yard drive. Immediately after that, they attack deep and score a field goal with less than a minute to go in the half, so good signs. Good vibes from the offense to close things out. All things told, they had 11 possessions in the preseason. The first team did. They scored 19 points, three field goals, one missed field goal, a touchdown, and five punts. So right around league average as far as points per drive goes. That number is right around 1.8, 1.9, two points per drive, depending on the given year. That's where the Dolphins were. They kick a field goal. They are right at two points per drive if they don't miss that one. So there you have it. All the rust getting knocked off. These guys building some chemistry and some synchronicity up front as the entire offense has been the same first team throughout the course of training camp and the off-season program. They get through an entire preseason without any major injuries. So that's great to hear. And this group appears ready to go for the season opener against the Tennessee Titans, which is just two weeks away. Two Sundays from now, we play the Tennessee Titans at home at Hard Rock Stadium And speaking of those Titans, we are going to talk about them next as well as the second half of the game on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. Recording this podcast late on Saturday night out here on the West Coast, we are approaching midnight for you guys on the East Coast, talking about the Dolphins' 27-10 to 10 loss at home against the Baltimore Ravens, and the second-team defense is where things start to fall apart, as well as the second-team offense putting up no points, with the backup quarterback situation being what it is, but it appears as though David fails, as a, like we've been talking about all offseason, much further ahead of Brock Osweiler than he ever could have been at this point. Osweiler had a rough night. He appears to be on his way out. Other players that had a rough time, Terrence Garvin gave up a big, big touchdown run. I believe it was a 69-yard touchdown run to an undrafted free agent. He had the wrong run fit, got himself in trouble, couldn't get out of it, and there he was allowing that big run to happen. The linebackers as a whole, I thought Chase Allen played pretty well once again. Jerome Baker, his athleticism showed up on tape like it does every single week at this point. You go beyond those guys and this, the linebacker group behind that just as not appear to be very good the Dolphins could be active come cut down day and trade day around the NFL here in about a week as far as the backup offensive line Sam Young and Ted Larson to me appear to be really the only guys that are belong on a roster I would even throw Eric Smith in there as the third that's probably going to be your eight linemen along with the five starters on the opening day roster and Ted Larson played some center which was good to see with Jake Brendel out I don't think that Connor Hilland or Mike Matthews, whoever it might be, was a viable option. So Ted Larson will be your swing guy on the interior with Sam Young, the swing tackle on the outside. Uh, Tony Lippett he doesn't appear to have really any bite to his game right now. His debut looked slow, looked timid. I don't even know if he can make the 53-man roster at this point. I thought Tory McTyre continued to assert himself as the third best corner behind Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain. And Maurice Smith, the fourth safety on the roster, made another flash play. It was all over the field. Once again, I expect him to be on the roster come cut down day, and we are going to talk about the depth chart on a podcast here in the near future, probably this week don't have time to get to it tonight. I'm going to reshape my board, get you guys my 53-man roster prediction, the final one of the offseason before it's time to go. And a big impact on that roster is always going to be special teamers. The core guys that I noticed putting their numbers down when I saw them on the field were Walt Aikens, Sonoris Perry, Terrence Garvin, Chase Allen, Maurice Smith, and tight end Durham Smythe, who looked pretty good in this game as as well. I made a comment about his ability to pass protect on the edge, as well as run block off the edge. He did good in regard and you can kind of use him and your 12 personnel instead of going to that sixth heavy offensive lineman like Adam Gaze has done in the past and that really brings the preseason to an end for the most part I know we have a game next Thursday we'll have you guys covered on that game as well as the Dolphins travel to Atlanta to face the Atlanta Falcons but I had three more bullet points about what we've accomplished this preseason I want to go over those real quick here number one looks like Tannehill is ready to go For the first time since 2016, looks healthy. mentioned that at the top of the podcast. That's the number one most important thing. Gets through without any major injuries. Number two, the offensive line and the wide receiving group, the entire offense as a whole for that matter, really built up some cohesiveness this preseason and they did it without any injuries. Again, the main point of the preseason. And point number three, the plan to terrorize teams off the edge with Cam Wake, Robert Quinn, Charles Harris appears to be primed and ready to go. I am very excited about how those guys can get after the quarterback and make problems for the offense on the edge. And speaking of making problems for the offense and the opposing offense, I had a chance to watch the Tennessee Titans game today against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Marcus Mariota looked very, very sporadic, looked very, very off. I had four missed throws and one half from him. One, he spiked a ball on a third down and eight play where the receiver ran to the the post, and he thought he was going to break it off inside. Whether that was an accuracy issue or a problem with the scheme and the communication, Both of those things bode well because the Titans are breaking in a new offensive coordinator this year, and I just think it might take them a while to get things going there, but the bad news is the Titans' defense looks very, very good and very stout, led by Jarrell Casey up front. He was pushing guys back into the backfield. Daquan Jones doing the same thing, so those guys look very stout with Harold Landry off the edge as well as a couple other guys, so we'll see what happens with that. They do have some injuries. We'll get you guys updated on that game in full as the week approaches and break down that game in its entirety. ...as we get geared up for real football. And speaking of getting geared up, Ian Wharton is scheduled to do the podcast tomorrow. That episode will be out on Monday morning for you guys. We'll go over the roster, break things down, talk about the preseason, give you a cumulative in-depth review from two of your favorite Dolphins fans, Dolphins coverage guys in the media, I should say. And real quick before we get out of here, one of the really cool things we had a chance to do here at the On Dolphins podcast is give away tickets to these preseason games... And we can do that because one of our staff writers, Will Rogers, has season tickets, but he doesn't really go to the preseason games, and he gives them up for us on Twitter to all of our fans, getting a chance to win those tickets. And a big winner was Jake Harris. He is at Jake underscore 3300 underscore, and he wrote me a message tonight on Twitter after the game that I had to share with you guys because this is what football is all about and just having fun and being entertained and bringing your family together. Jake Harris writes, Hey Travis, I'd personally like to thank you and the rest of the lockdown dolphins crew for the tickets to the game today. My dad and I had a blast. He grew up in Fort Lauderdale and went to many, many games at the orange bowl as a kid, but this was Jake's first time going to a home game in Miami because we live about five hours north of Miami in Florida. This meant a lot to me because my dad has leukemia, and he puts in parentheses, he's fine, it won't kill him. His blood cell count is normal again. Smiley face, great to hear that, Jake. But he doesn't like being in big crowds for a long time or out in the heat for a super long time. So this night game was perfect. Him and I have always shared a huge bond with football. My dad and I would both like to say thank you again. This meant a lot to both of us. Fins up. So really, really glad to hear that, Jake. I'm glad you had a great time. I'm glad you got to see the offense get kicking up a little bit and the defense play lights out because the next time we really, really turn it on, it will be for real in a real football game. So we'll look forward to that as well as covering all that stuff for you guys on the podcast as well as LockedOnDolphins.com, that recap again up there live right now. But as for this edition of the podcast, that is going to do it for me. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Winkler NFL. Follow the show at LockdownFans and keep up to date on that daily blog at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, the Daily Dose for Miami Dolphins football. Can't shame and treason. No.